Hello and welcome to the Sports Society podcast, a show about everything sports. Join us each week as we review and dissect the top games and sporting events across the globe, listening to the latest news to emerge from the world of sports. My name is Dan, and as always, I am joined by Chris, Ads and Josh. This is the Sports Society podcast. How are we, boys? Yeah, good, Matt. Good. Apart from that, apart from that slight mishap before that the, the <laughs> listeners won't know about, but well done, Chris. Well, they do now. <laughs> well, we've already opened a beer, so cheers, boys. Ah, cheers again. Cheers, oh, Ching. Yeah, go on. Cheers. There we go. Ah. All right. Beautiful. Ads, Insta us. Yeah, follow us on Insta, guys. The Sports Society podcast. Get on there. Give us a message. Um, ask the question and we'll try and get it on. Can you just say it a bit louder? <laughs> no, don't. don't oh, next time. <laughs> no, don't, don't. I'll go for or, As usual, record record a message, send it in to the Sports Society podcast at gmail.com. All right, let's, let's, um, let's start with the cricket. Let's do it. We're batagers. So- we did again. Bat- batages. If it so, wasn't for the rain, we're batages. Actually, we're before, before we start, I want to hear Josh's in- take on this. Go on, Josh. All right. So before you get into your immature arguments. What, with batages? I think I think it's only... I, I'm a big cricket fan. I love the game, right? And probably one of my favourite bowlers of all time announced his retirement yesterday. Yeah. I love Stuart yeah. Broad. I love... Ever since he helped, I don't know if you boys are aware, but he actually helped save a bloke who was ready to jump off a bridge in Brisbane yeah, well, or Sydney. Was it? Stuart Broad, and I can't remember who the other player was, talked him to come down. Yeah, so ever since that, he's been a, I've been a big fan of his. I love the way he's gone about it. He's made the most of his body. And unfortunately, he's called quits. So today will be the last day Stuart Broad walks onto an English cricket ground. So hopefully, hopefully he can take a couple of wickets. For his sake, we win, but hopefully he takes a couple hopefully of wickets. Hopefully he batters you. Yeah. Um, that's, that's perfect, yeah. Josh. Um, let's give him a toast, shall we? Yeah. Oh, toast. Brody. Cheers, Brody. Cheers, Brody. For a great career. The only the only English person I like. Uh, I second Don't that. lie. Don't lie. Don't lie. <laughs> Except for these two knobheads in the, in the podcast. All right, so, All right uh, Dan, Dan, Dan. How have you batted us? Hang on, before you move on, I just want to... Are you happy with the way you played over the... Do you, do you think that you outplayed us? Go on, just give yeah. us... Do you think that you were worthy of winning the Ashes or retaining the Ashes? Yes. Nah, rubbish. Don't agree. I, Look, great, you, you got off to a good split. start and that's it. Game three, we punctures. Game, I'm, game I'm, four, I'm, you got saved by the rain. We punctures. I'm sorry. And this I'm game, sorry. we are pumping you. I'm sorry. sorry, I am so sorry, but game one and two, you guys just could not yeah, get over yeah, we that ju- was your own fault. We, we just got off to a slow start. Win, Daniel, it is, it's true, you win, it's true. At the end of the day, Australia were 2-0, and we were in the position where the rain actually worked in our favour for once. Do you know what I'm saying? If the shoe was on the other foot and England needed it to rain, to be a draw... Well, yeah, look, we, then... we, we, we don't pray for rain like the Aussies, so... Oh, you've been playing for rain since 2002, mate. But anyway, um, I want to bring you back to what you guys said last week and you said you'd be disappointed if you retain the ashes due to the weather, which is what you've done. So are you disappointed? 
So well, yeah, go Josh. Amateurs, right? You amateur cricket followers, ads, and I know what we're talking mate. About. They have no idea, but, do they, Josh? Honestly, in terms of a series, it's been the most engaging test series I've seen. You have Australia dominating the first two games. I wouldn't say dominating, England, but yeah, you had England dominate the third game. And the fourth. You had England dominate the fourth game. Rain is unfortunate. You can't say you're dominating this game. We're none for 145. We only need 240 to win off a day's play. We've got I'm 10 sorry. minutes And So theoretically, each batsman will only have to make, on average, 24 runs each for us to win. We are a very big chance to win this test. So my answer to you is, if we win this test, then we deserve it. If we draw this test... I hate the fact that there's a draw. It should be a six game, a game six to decide a winner. It should. I, shouldn't well, I, should, I reckon it should be. Man. There should be a, an, a like if it does come to a draw. No one wants a draw. No. Who wants a draw? No, no one. You no want one to, does want a draw. It's boring, it's, and it's a crap it's way to win. History. It's been a part of history for a long, long. Yeah, time. but games you change them. That they change. They so, so new... colonising, but we've got rid of colonising. So <laughs> we got rid of slavery. We got rid of slavery. So we just you nah, you'll start raiding got... countries again. You got to... <laughs> You've got to change things. History is history. You've got you got to make changes to the game for 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 the better. <laughs> I, I I personally just love the fact that you automatically think England's going to win this game. Automatically. Well, we just you have to say that you have to say that because we've played better. Last two games, last two games, we've pulled our finger out and we've played better. You have not played better than us. With all due respect, first two games, games, Australia has played better. In all due respect, first two games. Game game three, you bloody towed us up. Game four, the rain hit. We're tearing you up. Game five, you have not batted us at all. It was a strong lead. This is what I think. Aussies are delusional, man. Oh, delusional, oh, isn't they? Mate, they think AFL is the best sport since fucking sliced bread. I can't <laughs> sit make here sense, and listen question. to these two numbnuts that have no idea about cricket, Josh. They have no idea what the rain means. They have no idea what the wet pitch means. They have no idea who's bowling. They don't even know how to get Broad's first name properly done. This is the same two that thought Babe Oh, mate. They've got no idea. All right, Honestly. boys. We're gonna we're gonna settle this once before, <laughs> right? I've gone through and I've I've got some stats to throw at this. All right. So this is a series stats all put that together, man. barring whatever happens today. All right. So I'm gonna just throw them at you, and then I want us to discuss it. <clears> so leading run scorer is Udman Kawaja with 493 one runs, averaging 54.77. Top wicket taker is Mitchell Stark with an average of 27.8 and 23 wickets. Top strike rate for batting is Mark Wood. Best bowling economy is Jimmy Anderson. Right? If I go to the team's results where, as a whole... Stats you get, where are you getting these stats from? Australia.com. Australia. This is quick info, mate. I'm, I'm not like you. I'm not biased towards my country. Right? Just, just want to jump in before you yeah. finish off, Josh. Uh, we're going to give a live update for the scores, and Matilda's a 1-0 to Canada. So you, boy, you, you, But for those Keep who are, the reason why we're updating is because if the Matildas lose this, they go home. They go out. Well, they don't so, go home because they're already at home. So. We're, we're, we're already home. <laughs> uh, well, home, home. <laughs> so, Has Sam Kerr even scored a goal? She hasn't played a minute. She's not, she's not playing. playing. Why, she injured? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. 
All yeah. right, let's get back onto it. Come on, Josh. Oh, there she is. Um, I thought Ollie so, Robertson was the best bowler anyway. The, uh, <laughs> yeah, no worries. All right, the, the educated oh. cricket fan in here will sum up the series and then you two bobs that hail from... You know, I'd rather actually have Ollie Robertson on this podcast than Chris. Can we actually swap him in? <laughs> <laughs> this is how much of a flawed Chris he is that we would rather have. Anyway, Josh, get back to your stat. Shut up, Chris. Uh, they're too busy kissing the king's arm. <laughs> He's um, your king as well, brother. He's not my king. <laughs> he is. Oh, yeah, my king. So he's on your dollars. I think, in essence, you you two have no idea what you're talking about. But <laughs> I, there would not be a single player in the Australian change room. They can, they of course they're going to say that they're happy with the draw. There would not be a single cricketer in that Australian change room that would be happy with drawing the series. They would want to win it. Otherwise, they wouldn't have showed up to this test. They would have. They would have deliberately lost it because it wouldn't matter. Yeah, exactly. So exactly right. I don't think one person can happily say that they'd be happy with the draw. But it's England's fault for being in a shit part of the world where all it does is rain. Summer's winter and winter's a colder winter. So even though we have drawn and we've taken Earn home, we want to win because we haven't beaten you guys in England for a long, long time. So us securing well, this game five win, if we do go ahead and win it, because we're 136 for none, just a little quick update for you lads, if you understand the rules. Um, this actually means a lot for them to actually get this win. So coming off from what Josh said, like none of them are hoping for a draw. We want to beat you fair and square. All right, Josh, I want to touch back on what you said a minute ago. You oh, said... Just before we go, Jack, uh, Zach Crawley has uh, got the most runs... Not Usman Khawaja. 385. Nope. No, he's was, just got 377. Usman Khawaja, based it's on the recent test, has now topped the run scoring with 400. And... Updated, Chris. But then if you look at it, it goes Zach Crawley, Usman Khawaja, Ben Stokes, Joe Root. Then it's Travis. You're not Hedges. looking at it. No, it's been You're updated, not looking Chris. at it live. You've got to, you've got to add Khawaja's score. What's, what he's he got, on now? what's he got now? He's on 493. He's on 493, including this test. Sorry, he's on 63 or something at the moment. Oh, yeah, right. first up. innings he would have made 40-odd probably or 30-odd or whatever. So that's what Josh was leading. He's 493. It's, I've got it on Crick Info. Crick Info is live, updated live. live. All right. So pretty much all, all what Josh is saying is you guys are shit at batting, shit at bowling. We've towered you up this whole series. But you haven't, though. Game all right, all right. Both, you of you haven't. Both of you, shut up. Both of you, shut up a minute. <laughs> Josh, you, 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 you said a minute ago. in the world, the best batters and the best bowlers. And Chris. we're battering you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, shut up. How are you battering us, Chris? If it wasn't for the rain, mate, we'd be battering you. <laughs> Josh, you said, you said if it ends in a draw, there should be a sixth game. Yes. That Now, I was listening to this on the radio the other day. There's a lot of controversy behind that because it's, you know, change history and, and all that bollocks. But I don't know. Like I said last week, a draw is a shitty way to win. So I'm for it. Not just saying that because we haven't won the urn. But surely if it decides a winner, why not? I think, as Chris said, even though it's a flog, times change. And, you know, slavery was accepted... <laughs> hundreds of years ago it's no longer accepted 
comms were seen as English people were seen as ruling the world. Now they can't even beat us in the ashes. So things can change for the better. So I think a sixth, a decider should happen. Like imagine if the UA, imagine if the Champions League, right? So it's decided on aggregate. Yeah. Imagine if it ended up in a draw, they couldn't split the aggregate, and then they just said, "Oh, because Barcelona." Well, no, it goes penalties. It's decided on the day. It goes penalties. Could you imagine that, though? But could you imagine him saying, "No, Barcelona won it last time, so they're going to win it this time." Do you imagine the yeah, uproar? Yeah, that's that's mm. it's rubbish. That's why it goes penalties and it's decided. And Chris, I don't know. Oh, that's a nice chip. Um, <laughs> um, I don't know if you know this, but did you know in the grand final of the AFL, if the game is a draw, they all come back next week to play again? Oh, that's changed. No, now. they've changed. They've changed. They've changed. They do five minutes each end now. Okay, yeah. good, because that rule was bollocks. It, it changed since the 2010 when that happened. Oh, when St Kilda got battered. Yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> yeah. It would only be my team then. Closest yeah. way St Kilda will get a second premiership. Uh, of mate. course, yeah. Of course it's <laughs> Oi, my I, team. I, I believe you guys have actually counted that as a premiership, the draw. I'm pretty sure St fans go, we've got one and a half premierships. One and days. a half premierships. <laughs> Only, only, if that's the case, there are only 14 and a half premierships off us, off Essendon and Carlton. Yeah, I'm, not a, I'm not a glory hunter. I'll, I'll support the, I'll support the little club. The football club couldn't even, aren't even good enough to clean the Carlton football club's or Essendon's toilets, I don't reckon. That, Just that a, sort of rule, though, doesn't, doesn't surprise me in Australia because <clears throat> they're imbeciles. Like, it's, it's such a stupid rule. What what rule though? What rule? If it, we if just said it changed. I'm saying yeah. I'm saying it doesn't surprise me that it was a rule that you you went to a draw yeah, and then you came so. back and played next week. Tell you what, I'm ringing up. Do you know why though? <laughs> getting you deported. <laughs> Do you know why though? That was crap. You got to look at it. You got to look at it as a financial sort of thing though. So like they bring it back next week. They're getting more members there, more food, more beverages, more. You know what I'm saying? Like Greedy. it's all costs at the end of the day. Yeah. People weren't happy with it. It was a big debacle, and that's why they changed it. And I'm happy as a supporter that will never see Essendon in a grand final. So it's pointless. I hope, anyway. I'm hopefully ads. Now, right. now you're into the football. Hopefully, <clears> at some point this year in the FA Cup, Champions League, whatever, you will see a penalty shootout. Now he's into the football. Uh, it's amazing. Are you, are you talking about yet? Arsenal? <laughs> I did actually watch a game. You watched uh, yeah. friendly. No, no, no. I was talking about the Matildas. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Great game. We love that brand of football, don't we? We'll get into it anyway. I don't think yeah, we'll ever get it. sponsored, boys, because we, we, we hate on Australia so much. <laughs> well, I, no and Australia. they hate on England. Yeah. But we yeah, live in Australia. Because you've destroyed every country. Uh, excuse me. We make the country what it is today. It's a great country. Yeah, and then, and then, you, then you just lose the plot, and now... Tell you what, you couldn't even bloody run a brothel the way England runs. <laughs> no, I've never heard that before. You said that last week. Like really in a brothel. <laughs> Seriously, like I am. <laughs> King Charles. Like, <laughs> so good. <laughs> All right, anything else on the cricket or are we moving on? No, nah, move on. Nah, I'll, I'll give live updates as they go through every 15 or so, but yeah. Yeah, Go Aussies still one. We're none for 140 at the moment, so no, yeah, no one cares, mate. Yeah, Matilda's still a, still one <laughs> nil. Matilda's still one nil. All right, football. Oh. Let's go on the old football. Um, I think the biggest news to come out of this week is uh, Mbappe. Josh, I, you you said that you said that to me yesterday, I believe. Huge breaking news <laughs> out of out of Josh Celia. So Mbappe has um, knocked back the out offer from Saudi. Good, good man. The, the talk was that his contract for Saudi 
will be $457 million. Whoa. And he has knocked that back to in an endeavour to play for Liverpool. Good man. He's, um, he wants to play in Europe. He wants to stay in Europe. He wants to play in the best comp, which if he does that, all credit to him. And before we move on, Dan, I just want to give a big shout out to Fulham's manager, Marco Silva. Offered £22 million a season to go to um, Saudi Arabia. He's knocked it back to stay at Fulham for £5 million a season. Good. You were hating on him last week. He's knocked back £34 million, so $65 million Australian dollars, give or take. Good. To stay loyal because he said loyalty means more to him than money. So That is an insane amount of money to turn down as well. It is. You know what? His, his thought was that if he goes, he will never be welcomed back into the Premier League again. And as he said, as a manager, I want to manage the best teams in the world, not for money, but because I love the game. Good. So you've got to... And you got to think the life that you'd live in, because he's got daughters, and I don't know the political climate in Saudi Arabia, but I'd be assuming that it's still not great. The life that his daughters would live in England would far eclipse the lives that they would have in Saudi Arabia. Yeah, I so I reckon yeah. it would have had something to do with it as well. Yeah. But so, hats off M- to, um, to Mbappe. I yeah, mean, massive what respect. What he's doing, uh, he's. If he stays until the 1st of August, he gets a 60 million euro um, loyalty bonus. So he stays, if he stays at Paris. He's, so tomorrow, he basically gets a 61 million euro loyalty bonus for staying at the club. He said that he will happily stay at Paris Saint Germain until the end of the season and not play a game and leave for free and go to Real Madrid. Like his dream is to go to Real Madrid. His idol's yeah. Cristiano Ronaldo. Like is That's what. He wants to follow in the footsteps of Ronaldo. Apparently, Liverpool have come in with a loan move for him and said, like, we'll give you so much money and we'll loan him for the year and then he can, go, he can do what you want. You can have him back and he can go for free. I think that's a good option. I mean, I wish Arsenal would do something like that. I think Tottenham were in talks, but I feel like a loan move is probably his best option. Stay tomorrow, get think- the £61 million, go on loan for the year and play in the Prem or play in the league. Well, he's going to play in the league anyway, but... I know this. my next comment is going to upset probably 99% of Australia that like football, is I hate Liverpool, right? I really, really dislike Liverpool. Okay. However, I would love nothing more than to see Mbappe go to Liverpool and watch him in action in a proper league. Not a far, any Premier not League a, club. Any club, any Premier League club. I'd, I'd even love to see him at Arsenal, to be, any, any club, I don't care. But I want to see a player of that calibre play in the hardest, toughest, best league in the world. Not a farmer's league like the French league is. Like, yeah, the Spanish league is... It's got a lot better, to be fair. And there's like four or five teams now that that are actually pretty decent. But for a long period of time, it was just Barcelona and Real Madrid. But yeah, no, I'd I'd like to see him at at Liverpool. when you're talking about Premier League, right, it's the it's the pinnacle. It is. I think there wouldn't be one player out there that would say, I don't want to play in the Premier it's, League. It's like an AFL player or a, a, a footy player playing in the AFL. It's the equivalent. It's yeah. the equivalent top league. Um, so my question for you two, being football connoisseurs, is this summer transfer window seems to be dead quiet. Like, particularly for the lowly clubs, particularly for those clubs sitting towards the mid to bottom of the table. There's not a lot of movement happening. And 
a lot of your your top line or your middle range players that your Fulham's and your Brentford would have got, a lot of those middle range players are pissing off the Saudi. The only ones that aren't are the top of the range players, and they're getting they're getting roped in by your top tier clubs. So, yeah. is it, are we going to see? Because I'm anticipating we're going to see one of the most one sided Premier League fixtures and tables that we've seen in a long time. Oh, like, nah, what? I don't think so. Like, so what? Which of the lower clubs has improved based off their signings this year? In the lower, Give me say lo- lower half <laughs> of the the table type yeah. team. Give me um, one huge signing from a lower club. Um, well, it depends who we, who we're talking about in terms of a lower club. Like the only teams to mind that have signed anyone are Arsenal, United, yeah. uh, Liverpool, yeah. Villa, yeah. Um, West Ham haven't signed anyone yet. Exactly, and who did they lose? Uh, they lost Declan Rice, but they're still they waiting for that money to come through and clear yet. So, um, but the season starts in ten days, man. Yeah, I know. And these clubs. We're not signing. Like Marco Silva said, Fulham aren't ready for the season. He said, we ha- we've we got two available wingers on our roster. Two. Mm. And the season is 10. We're playing Villa in 10 days. Like, So why why is that the case though? Like, Why, why is it? Yeah, Chrissy, why is it? I think, you, I think you've hit the nail on the head, mate, is a lot of players are going Saudi. And a lot of... I saw something the other day where even Div- Division 3 in Saudi Arabia is offering uh, a house, a car... Um, oh, 4k, 4k a week, um, or no, or 4k a day, or something like that. All the other, all these other luxuries, and that's to play in Division Three in Saudi Arabia. So these players are going over there, and the lifestyle you say it looks quite nice out there. Like it's a very clean sort of country. It's very modern. Yeah. It's got all the all you need, and it's so very awesome. lucrative to the players at the minute who just you know want the money. Um, so yeah, that's probably one of the reasons. Because look at who went to Al Halal. I think Jota from Celtic. That would have been a player that maybe um, like a Fulham would have signed. I see him as one of those players, or or uh, a Everton or a Villa would have signed. Yeah, uh, Ruben Neves is another player. I, I thought he would have gone to a bigger team, but he went to um, Al Halal or Al Nazir or whatever. Um, but again, there's quite a lot of old players that have gone there. And I think yeah. I think the other big thing about it too is you've got players that that are of a, a decent standard like Callum Hudson Adoy. You've got Fulham who are refusing to pay the eight million asking price Chelsea won and we're not budging on four point five. Then you've got the these Saudi Arabian clubs coming in and saying, Oh, we'll give you ten million for him because they're throwing money away like it's jam. Right? And and clubs are selling them. Can I butt in there just to just to fire a question at Chris. Callum Hudson Adoy, like you just heard Josh say there that Fulham are not pushing on their what was it, four and a half mil? Four mil? Yeah, and they, four and a half. And they're asking for eight. How much would you pay for for Callum? Um Chris? I'd pay more than four and a half mil. I'd pay I'd pay fifteen for Callum. Easy. He's a young English winger. Like Yeah. Mate, I don't know why you're haggling with with him over eight million. It yeah. seems playing. It seems a bit silly to me that all right, he hasn't had a lot of game time and we haven't seen a lot of him recently because he's a Chelsea Academy player that they don't get a lot of time. But when he did play, he was promising. So I'd Quality. pay yeah, $8 million a bargain for an English winger with a lot of potential. I don't know why you're haggling over it. No idea. Like we signed Calvin Bassey from Ajax for, I think it was $22.5 million. So I don't know how you're then saying that you won't pay even seven, seven and a half for... For Callum, Actually, I, I, I do know some club that a low lower team club that assign players. Yeah. Fulham, 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what about, I, I did see that Brighton made a new signing today. I'm going to put you on the spot here, but I did see that they had a new signing and I'd love to get your thoughts on it. Have any of you heard about their new signing? I'll try and pronounce it for you. Are you going to say Varbrugan? Var I don't know how I'm going to say it. He's a Brazilian. Um, Jao Pedro, Jao Pedro. Oh, Joao Ped, Pedro from Watford. And, and James Milner. James Milner? James Milner, yeah. James Milner. We all know who yeah. James Milner is. Yeah. yeah. There's only one James yeah, Milner. So, thoughts who on... is he? You'll he's, like some, he's just some guy that's been in the Premier League since it began. Yeah. I think James Milner's about 68, <laughs> I reckon. And he's still going. <laughs> just an old, he's quite, old prick yeah, that he's, he's can't leave the game. He's good, yeah. Yeah, yeah sure. Brighton paid 32.4 million for Pedro. Yeah, right, okay. So that, that's another club that signed, but I don't know much about him. Are you two over to over him and, and his attributes? No, nah, I'm going to be honest, no. Nah. I generally don't know much about him either, to be honest. Well, he's 21, so he's only young. He's only a kid, so he must be all right if you're paying, what, 64 million Australian dollars for him. Mm, he must yeah, be, true, yeah. Must be pretty decent. So there are, there are signings, but there's just... I remember last year's summer transfer window had all these big surprises yeah. and big movements and you had Harlan moving whereas this one seems to be quiet it's more about players leaving I think the Premier League yeah. this year than than really coming I think Arsenal have have taken the trophy for the best signing is but... is it quiet because there's about to be a big bang like is it gonna be is it like I know AFL the last two days of a trade period it's like bang 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 get the deals done does it exactly, do yeah. is it something similar is it is it just are they holding off to wait for a bit of a dramatic... Oh, well, transfer deadline of... day, Chris, Trans- is the best day exactly. of the year. Exactly. Transfer deadline day, mate. I remember Arsenal made five signings in one day. We, we signed Perma, Asaka, Mikel Arteta. Yeah. I think it was Koscielny and Scalacci and all these crap players. But, but anything can happen on deadline day, mate. Boys, and deadline day is for all the viewers like myself that have no idea. When's set- that? Because I know the game starts in 10 days. August the 31st, is it? Midnight? Yeah, English something time. like that. Yeah, so yeah. it goes. So they can still trade over. Oh, that's cool. over the first yeah, couple yeah, of games yeah. of the season. And, yeah, and you watch yeah, okay, it, man. Cool. You watch the countdown, and it's just the best time of year. What yeah, does man. my head in though, right? So you've got a thirty-eight game season. You've got managers that are getting sacked as early as the second round, yeah. But the owners are, and the owners make the final call. I don't care what anyone says; it's the owners' money. They make the final call. We're not signing Hudson Odoi because Tony Khan doesn't want to pay eight million. I've He's just, the one that's the final call. It's, it's bullshit on the manager's boys because they're going to prepare a squad. And half of the team, like... Sorry, Luke, just Matilda's a 2-0 up. 2-0 yeah. Matilda's. Hey. <laughs> Entering the Premier League, they haven't had a signing. <laughs> Sorry, Josh. No, that's jo- right. jo- Josh, you're, you're Fulham boys. I've completely missed this signing. Uh, Chris, you might have seen it. Raul Jimenez is Wolves yes. to Fulham. Yeah, that's a great signing. That is a great signing. That's a phenomenal five point five mil you paid for him. That's a bargain. Yeah, that's a He's great signing. Age, we'll that is a great no, signing. That's a fantastic sign. He is quality. He is He's so never been the man. same since the Arsenal game where he got kicked in the head. But no. he's a great <laughs> signing. No. Boys, if, if you watched our two oh. recent practice matches, right, you wouldn't be saying it's that. It's a practice match. Like... Don't worry about I it. don't care if it's a practice match. We had players... That, have you ever seen Homer Simpson where he's 
banging a tambourine. This this is what Ian. <laughs> this is what Ian's question was last week. It's just purely entertainment. Try new things out. It's don't worry about the result. Yeah, don't entertainment is scoring. We've we've scored one goal in three matches, and we've had seven conceded. There's no entertainment there. <laughs> don't worry about it. Try new things before the start of the season. This is the whole point in pre-season friendlies. Relax your back here. Exactly. And <laughs> on the subject of transfers, I just want to go over a transfer um, news story that came out today is David Raya to Arsenal. Fuck off. And it is he- he's heavily linked. It's all over the news articles. It's mug. Yeah. Why is he's he a mug? mug? Because you've got... Fucking what's his facing goal? Ramsdale. Well, so Ramsdale. So Ramsdale. Um, so basically, we've got a, a keeper called Matt Turner, American keeper that Nottingham Forest want. He's so not bad. He's good. He's actually good. He, he's actually good. So he he knows he doesn't want to be a number two, which I find it a bit weird that David Raya re- like is keen on the option of going to Arsenal, but he must be thinking I'm better than Ramsdale because. If you compare if you compare the stats, he is better than Ramsdale. Makes more saves, makes more uh, recoveries, pass accuracy is better. There's a lot of it, a lot of stats where he outperforms Ramsdale. I think it actually makes your team better because if he's competing for a spot, the goalkeeper you have now is obviously under pressure to keep his spot, and he's yeah. fighting to win his spot. Yeah, exactly, so it makes yeah. yourself makes your team more accountable. In performance, exactly. Yeah, Do you know what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. So no, so Arteta never says anything about players that don't play for Arsenal. So you're never going to hear anything from him. But all the sources are saying that Raya is keen on the idea of Arsenal, mate. If we sign Raya, that'll be a great window. Declan Rice, Julian Timber, Kai Havertz, and David Raya. And by the way, all four were linked with Bayern, and all four chose Arsenal over Bayern Munich. And this, this is what really. Fucks me up about Arsenal every single transfer season. You always make incredible signings every year. If you, yeah, they don't win. No, they don't. But how do they uh, manage excuse me. these incredible signings? Yes, I know you've won your FA Cups. It's fine. I know you've won those. <laughs> Relax your batting. What's that? Is that like the? Well, is that like if a, we're considering that? it's a part of a treble, then it's yeah, a yeah. major trophy. So I know, and I know you went through a whole season unbeaten, and you you hang on to your unbeatables and that. I, I, I get that. Invincibles. Invincibles, fucking whatever. Um, you always make these incredible signings, and it just would not surprise me in the slightest. <clears throat> next year, you sign Messi and Ronaldo, both of them. I'd be like, oh yeah, standard. That's, I that's mean, pretty uh, Arsenal-like. I mean, that's a bit... I wouldn't be surprised. I actually would not be surprised, though. I would not be they, shocked in the slightest. They have contracts already signed up, mate. Yeah. They're just waiting for the news to come out tomorrow. That goal that goal Matilda's just scored was disallowed. For the last 1-0. Oh, no. Really? Oh, oh, no. Quick quick update for the cricket as well. Wokesy's got the ball swinging. Australia are 141 for two. There for two. Warner and, Warner and Kawadra back in the sheds. Australia, yeah. get battered. Everywhere they go. England are well and truly back on the favourites. So hey, keep rolling just, on, lads. Just before we move on, Daniel's sitting here bagging Australia, but I just wanted to let you know that on uh, on Saturday night, he was standing up, hand in hand, arm in arm, belting out the Australian national That does not surprise now, me one bit because he is the biggest traitor I've ever known in my life. He's a traitor. I'm, I'm a citizen here, mate. Now, you're, mate. Not a bloody, you're not an Australian. You're English. I'm, I'm you shouldn't citizen, be putting mate. your hand on your heart when you're singing another national anthem. My hand was not on my heart, actually. Where was it? <laughs> on your balls? It was... <laughs> 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 
That's he where your heart me, is, he mate. Said, <laughs> unquote, I wish if I could change one thing in life, I wouldn't be. J- Josh, shut yeah. up. <laughs> <laughs> he said, "Don't God save the king, God save the kangaroo." The he did. Kangaroo. He said, <laughs> "That would be much." Better, that does, that wouldn't surprise me anyway. But back to football. Back to yeah, football, back to, boys. Back to so football. good. The boys. So we're, good. <laughs> we're a week off the season starting. I cannot wait to sit here and not talk about AFL every week. I cannot wait for NRL as well. Um, can we do Can we do some table predictions for the EPL, please, at some point? Oh, Australia just scored again. Don't everyone do jump up at once. So, yeah, go on then. Let's, why don't we just go, what are your top four predictions? Man City. Yeah. Again. My top four, I've got Arsenal on top. With the signings, I've got... Have you actually? City. You said last week Arsenal will struggle to make top six. I was being, I was being, a, I was being facetious, Daniel. Have you seen their signings? And if they get David Raya, the best goalkeeper in the league last year. Means fuck so I've got all. Arsenal top, Man City second. I can't go past Man United third. And contentious, Daniel's not going to like this, but I've got Tottenham in fourth. Oh, okay. I'd say Newcastle. Have you seen the Newcastle striker, Josh, Elliot Anderson? I haven't, no. No. Oh my god. I think he scored I think he scored all of their preseason goals. Came out of nowhere and he is unreal. Having a look like, at him now. Absolute prodigy. Twenty years of age, English forward. Yeah. Hey, I from League Two. He's come from League Two. He is gonna be the next best English striker. They're they're the things you look for though, aren't they? Like those out of the blue. Like what we did with William, William last year, like those out of the blue signings that no one expects. No, but he's about 50 off. years old. This is different. Well, this kid's 20. This is what I mean. Like oh. he's been hit. No, he's at Academy though. Is he? Okay. Yeah. I think he came from the Academy. He's from League Two. So yeah. I was having, I'm having a look now. No, no, no. He was on loan. So and he first joined oh, Newcastle at the age of eight. Yeah. Having previously been a, a, a Wolves End boys club. So what do you think? What's your top four, Chrissy? Um, I would like to say Arsenal top, but I think being a realist, uh, I, I still think Haaland's going to be the difference uh, along with De Bruyne. Uh, so I reckon they might, I would love to say Arsenal, but I th- actually, no, I'm going to say Arsenal. Arsenal top, um, yeah. Man City second, Man United third, Newcastle fourth. And I reckon a, clo- a close behind them would be Villa. <laughs> not, not yeah. I think they'll be Villa, Villa. Villa will be sniffing about. I think yeah. this year you can't you can't knock any of um, Emery's teams, man. Like they always perform. You just got to give him a bit of time. Like Arsenal didn't give him enough time. Um, um, he only had like a year, I think, um, and he he nearly won the Europa League. So you know what I mean? They just didn't give him the time, and then they gone on to Arteta, for, which is which is a better thing. So uh, top four, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Man City, Newcastle, Liverpool. Arsenal. Arsenal fourth? So yeah, I, I, think I think you'll come fourth. Why is that, man? I, don't, I just don't know. I, I really don't know. I just think you've made these great signings, but you you need to gel first. The reason, the reason why I've got Arsenal on top is you've got to, have, you've got to think there's going to be natural progression in Bukayo Saka. Saka. Yeah, for sure. Declan Rice is going to naturally progress. You've got Ram, Ramsdale, who's an absolute train in, in goals. And then if you add... David Raya, who was last year's top goalkeeper. You've got unbelievable strikers. You've got these signings of, of players that 
have confirmed their ability to play in the Prem. Whereas Man City, I'm a big believer that you can't improve if you don't change some things. Man City haven't done anything in this transfer window. They're keeping the same roster, which is great, but they're going to be predictable because they've got the same players, the same roster. And I just think yeah. Arsenal's changed I mean, up enough. They got rid of Mares and signed Kovacic. But not a huge... Like, do you know what I mean? Gund- like, Gundogan's gone, which is a massive loss for them. But Are they going to improve? Because other teams are going to improve, right? Every, everyone, yeah, every year, there's a couple of teams that improve. And I can see Tottenham being one of them. I think Ange will have them playing really... I think Tottenham are going to get heavily scored against. Yeah. But I also wouldn't be surprised if Tottenham had a higher scoring team by the end of the season. That's my big prediction. Harry Kane's going to leave statement. before the start of the season. Mark my words, Tottenham will be the highest scoring team midway through the season and potentially at the end of the season. I'll, I'll, I'm more than confident to say that. With what goal scorers? Mate, they said the same when he went to, to Celtic. Celtic were getting pummeled by Rangers. Celtic were losing to Hart. Celtic, Celtic lost to Hibbs. Yeah. And comes in, same squad. But they got scored heavily in his first two games, but he got their attack in order and all of a sudden they were scoring juggernauts. Same thing, they didn't have any bona fide strikers, but he had all these forwards playing a full-blown press. Yeah, right. His, his theory was just run. And you look at their friendly in against West Ham in Perth, 32 shots on goal. Like, that is nuts. And we lost. You lost, but it's a friendly, and to generate 32 shots on goal is yeah, massive. Yeah, true. Like, that's my yeah. big call. Anyway, we'll right. see. Just before we move on, I've got another question about Liverpool, specifically for Chris. Um, so I read earlier on today, Liverpool manager Jurgen Klopp confirmed Trent Alexander-Arnold is an option for him at number six this season. Didn't we touch you... on this for Eng... when he played for England? No, 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 we didn't. But I know he has played as a number six. What are your What's your opinions on Trent at six? Unreal, like he. Unreal. Yeah, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Did you watch the England game? But he can't tackle. He can that's pass. Why, that's why he's a number six. <clears throat> your number eight. Your number eight is your box to box, isn't he? Well, no, your, your number six is your central central defensive midfielder. Your mm. anchor sits in front of sits in front of the the centre backs, drops back if he needs to. But you need to be able to tackle if you're a number six. I think I think CDMs are more of cutting passing lines and reading the game more than anything. And he's I reckon he's going to play more of a Paul Scholesy role. So he's going to sit there and he's going to spread the ball and he's he can shoot. He's got banging for he he is he is made for midfield. He's a banging like, like free kick taker, yeah. He can spread the ball, like he can pick a pass out, and that's what he needs. Like him at right back was wasted because, like, like you say, he can't tackle. Um, and he was one of the highest assisting right backs in the league. I think like multiple years in a row. I'd rather have him on the wing though, because he can run, he can dribble, he can cross a ball. I'd I'd rather have him on the wing than in the middle. To be honest, I think anywhere in midfield he would be good. I think number six is is good for him because on the wing, you've either got to skin your man or you've got to be he running can do up. That. He, he can do that. I don't think he's a one to skin a player, but he's a he's, he's a passer. Quick. He's a passer. Yeah. He's got insane vision. So I think a six, a midfield role, is is ideal for him. You're not going to know unless you try, and that's what I was talking about: natural progression and improvement. At least yeah. he's trying something different. Imagine if it does work. Imagine if it does work. You know, imagine if it does come off and, yeah, and true. be the move of the year and all of a sudden Alexander-Arnold takes his game to the next level. That's what yeah. I love to see. Yeah, things, yeah. That things up. 
don't play the same system because everyone's going to know what to expect. But we don't know what to expect from Alexander Arnold now, do we? Who knows if if they've seen Very it? True. Yeah. So yeah. Love it. I'm pumped, boys. I can't wait for next weekend. I'm counting down. Yeah. Just on that, you just look at their midfield. Um, they've got Alistair, uh, Alistair McAllister. McAllister. Yeah. They've got that um, guy from Leipzig. Can't pronounce his name. Um, and now they've got Trent in midfield as well. So that's a whole new midfield to last year. Yeah. So I think they're going to be thereabouts. To I had them in fifth, but who knows? We'll see what happens. Yeah. And if Mbappe goes there, we'll see. It's an exciting season. I'm excited to see where the lowly clubs like your overperforming clubs like Brentford, Brighton and Fulham finish this year too. Are they going to get better? Are they going to get worse? We'll only find out, won't we? Brentford Brentford look good still in pre-season. I've seen a few games. Yeah, I like Brentford. Everyone did except for us. But anyway. All right, let's move on, NRL. So, yeah, there's been some big results this week. The battle for 6th to 8th. So, position 6th, 7th and 8th. Who secures that for you? Because that is an incredibly tight battle. It is. So, Adam, you've played a fair bit of sport, mate. Would you agree that form is everything? Momentum is everything? Oh, 100%. 100% yeah. form's everything. Look at Carlton right, right now, mate. Beating pies on the weekend. Like, form's everything. Oh, yeah. Well, th- there's an old saying, premierships aren't won in July. So, Dan, you talk yeah. about that six through two. I'm going to go all the way down to 11th, which is the Eels. So, so let me let me give you some again for the listeners as well that the the teams that are in contention for sixth to eighth. So you've got the Sharks, the Cowboys, Eels, uh, the Rabbitohs, the Knights, the Sea Eagles, Roosters, and the Dolphins. And what what's the points like between them? Like Divian, what like what's the difference? Two points with them all. So you get two points for a win. The Rabbitohs are sitting on 26, so that's they're on 11 wins, yep. right? And Rabbitohs are sixth at the moment. so. And you've got the Knights sitting on 25 points. Wow, okay. So the way I'm seeing it is I look at form, Type. right? Mm. The Rabbitohs are, are two and two, and their their form is, is plateauing. Hit, hit and miss, the Bunnies. Miss the sharks are done with. I'm going to make the call. Yeah, they're done. So, in my opinion, I can the knights are in ripping form, they've won the last four. So, I can see the knights, the cowboys the, making the eight. The knights, the are, are you saying the knights just of their recent 26 6 win against the Raiders? No, they've won the last 28 six. The oh, 26 6. They've won the last, they've won the last four in the trot, so four in a row. Was it they're in form? <laughs> They're a big club. They've got a huge backing. Yeah, they've got some absolute ripper players across the across the board. They haven't. I can, they haven't been in finals for a while, have they? Not. Um, no, but they're a bit. They haven't, but they're a massive club. So when they yeah. do, yeah. So I can see the Knights coming up and the Sharks dropping out. Outside of that, I can't see the yeah. Rabbitohs dropping out, even though they're plateauing. They'll make it. Yeah, the, the Raiders is probably the only other team that I can see dipping potentially, um, but they're sitting got, at fifth. You've got to be very, very wary of the Sea Eagles and the Eels, both combined. Mm. Now, that being said, let's look at their remaining fixtures. So we'll go Eels first. Um, obviously, this round, they lost 46-16 to the Storm, up the Storm. Mm. And then next up, they've got Dragons at home, Broncos away, Roosters at home, and Panthers away. That's a pretty tough. So go run. through that. So they beat the Dragons. No, so so they lost to the Storm. 
So then yep, the next, the Dragons. so Dragons is next. They beat them. Yeah, they'll win that. Broncos away, hammered. They'll get smashed. Roosters at home, they'll win that. And Panthers away, they'll lose that. So they'll win two more games, which will give them. An extra and we were talking. Who were we talking there again? Did you say? Uh, we said the Sea Eagles and the Eels. Yeah. So they will so, end up on twenty nine and twenty eight points apiece which means I don't think that'll be enough to get them in because that means the Sharks, the Cowboys and the Bunnies cannot win another game. So mm-hmm. Sea Eagles is the other team I said that are going to be sniffing around that. Yep, the six go to through eight. there. So they they managed to beat the Dragons a weekend, 24-18. Yeah, which isn't great. No, not great, but it, I mean, a win's a win at the end of the yep. day. It's still the points. Um, so next next round, they've got the Roosters away. They'll win that. <clears throat> Do you, I reckon the Roosters will win that. Uh, yeah. Just based on form, I wouldn't be surprised, but purely based on form and the fact that the flog Maria Hargraves is suspended yet again, we'll get onto that later. Yep. I just think the Eagles win that. Okay. Uh, then they've got the Panthers at home. They'll lose that. Warriors away. They'll lose that. Yeah. Bulldogs away. They'll win that. I think the Bulldogs will get up there. <clears throat> but And then uh, West Tigers are at home. They'll win that. So yeah. realistically, the Seagulls should win three more based on form. I'm not saying they will. But based yeah. on form, they should win three more, which should give them a chance, whether it, whether or not it be a slight chance, but should give them a chance. I've got a question for you, lads. Yeah. All right. Um, so not a lot of teams do this in any sport in history, but uh, in 2016, the Western Bulldogs finished eighth and went on to win the Premiership. Are there any teams outside the four in the, in the NRL that are, um, like have the ability to sneak in there and beat the Panthers in a prelim to make the grand final and win the grand final? Like, Is there any... Are we, are we speaking right now, as if the season was to finish right now? I'm, sp- I'm speaking of the from fifth Raiders to the 11th or 12th, whoever you said that was inside that little bracket of making the finals. Okay. Can any of those teams find the, the form to beat the Panthers? Broncos have been on fire. Warriors, even the Storm at home, strong. Like, can any of those teams do what the Western Bulldogs have done and win four games on the trot in a final series when, yeah, backs up against the wall? I'm happy to answer that, Daniel, unless you want to go no, first. No, no, go on, you go first. In essence, no, because the quality of the team sitting at the top one and two, is just too high. So I'll give you the red-hot tip. You're not going up to Brisbane and beating the Broncos. I'll give you another red-hot tip. You're then not travelling to Peppers and beating the Panthers. And I'll give you another tip. You're then most definitely not travelling to New Zealand and beating the Warriors. And then I'll give you another tip. You're <laughs> not travelling to Melbourne and beating the Storm. The, the, the quality of That's your top four teams, particularly the top three, which I think the Warriors are a big chance of winning it this year. You're not beating them. You're not beating. So, you're not I, dis- beating I disagree with you with the Storm statement, Josh. You're Why? not beating them in Melbourne. The Storm, the Storm, are, mate. At, at the beginning of the year, we went. We went to that game and we saw the Bulldogs rip apart Storm at Amy Park. And what did you see on Friday? They ripped us apart. Yeah, I know. I know what we saw on Friday. That's a different story. What's coming back next week? Cam Smith, fingers crossed. Arguably. (laughs) Billy Slater putting on the boots. The next greatest fullback that will ever wear the Storm jumper, aside from Billy. 
Pappenhausen is back in the Is he Falcons. back? He's back playing for the Falcons this week. He'll be in the storm next week. Phew. Mate, you cannot underestimate how important if that bloke even gets back to fifty percent best. Pap, yeah. Then all of a sudden you get Nick Meaney back on to your halves into your wing. You've got Pap at fullback. You've got um you've got a great forward pack with big Nels. You've got Tarek Sims who's hitting form. You've got um Harry Grant at, at Hooker. You've got Cameron Munster, probably in my opinion, the best player in the league. You've got just talent across the board. I'm not yeah. saying we're going to win it, nah. but I think you're travelling to Melbourne and beating them after you've already beaten uh, yeah, Henry. For sure, me, me old man will be happy. He usually has Pat to <laughs> score anytime try scorer each week. Love Pat, mate, I got a move. Love Pat on you, Mika. So, in summary, Josh, it's a what? So, what you're saying? It's a three horse race with the outer being a storm for all the for all the people yeah. or the viewers that are trying to get on the NRL Premiership. That's who the mate, back. I'm, I'm predicting a Warriors Broncos grand final. That would be nice. Pick. Warriors Broncos, that would be exceptional. My money's on the Warriors. To be fair, I just think they've shown a lot this year. I would froth and love, and I'm sure Daniel, you agree. If the Storm can't win it, I would absolutely love for the Warriors to win it. They shipped up shop and during COVID moved to Australia and left their families for two years. Yeah, yeah. While borders were closed, so they could keep the competition running. They took pay cuts, everything. I would love to see Big Rog and a few of the others and even a few I, of our old they, they deserve it, yeah. I would love to see the Warriors. My um, old friend from school, number one, Chance, plays for the Warriors. So that would be good for him to... You know, Are you get... serious? Yeah. Huh? What school did he go to? Grange. Was he a Melbourne boy? Yeah. No. Yeah. He came, he came to the Grange later... So he, he obviously came late to Australia or he made move schools or I'm not exactly sure, but yeah, he's a, he's a Victorian boy. He's a Werribee boy, mate. Yeah, Werribee boys. Yeah, mate, boys. Nicholas Klockstad is, was touted as being the next big thing. Mm-hmm. Like he's a, he's a freak. There you go. Mate, I didn't realize Mate, that. you should have seen him in gym class, mate. He had the biggest arms. <laughs> All right, boys, let's move on. Let's oh, move on. Let's just... Let's stay. Yep. Let's stay on the rugby. Let's just, Josh. I know you're not too too happy about it, but let's just touch on the Wallabies oh. and the All Blacks. Um, for those who didn't watch it, thirty-eight-seven to the All Blacks, battered Australia. Uh, Josh, that was your second game of rugby union, was it not? It was. It was boring. It was as one-sided. You can explain the technicalities, but I've never seen a more one-sided game in my life. So, so it was New Zealand though. Yeah, New Zealand. If Australia were any good, Chris, do you, been... do you want to fill him in on who New Zealand are? They are the best rugby nation in the world. So well, they're not at the minute. Ireland are, but they're not. They haven't won anything yet. So, but in terms of rankings, aren't Ireland rankings? The rankings means nothing, though. Yeah. Like, yeah. ranking means nothing. Like they are the the best. That the reason I always say that they've got the best pool of talent. To their at their fingertips, they have got the Pacific Islands as you know, all, like a lot of um, Samoans, Tongans go to New Zealand, and I'm not saying that they play for New Zealand, but a lot of them grow up there and they decide to play for the All Blacks because they're so famous around all the Pacific Islanders and New Zealand itself. So they've got a they've got a very good talent pool. Um, yeah. Plus, and plus, the New Zealanders are the Kiwis are unreal at rugby as well. 
They're just, just built. Quality. They're just built for rugby, man. They're just powerful. Yeah. Did, just... did you watch the game? No, I didn't. I was away oh, no. for the weekend. Oh, yeah, it was your birthday that, that day, wasn't it? Yeah. Happy birthday, Chris. Thanks, mate. Birthday, Seth. Um, Happy birthday, mate. Cheers, mate. You're two but, days late. The... <laughs> I think you I messaged you a day early, early, didn't I? No, you messaged me on the day. You were... Oh, that's no, no, right. You, yeah, all three of you messaged me on the day, actually, no. Oh, yeah, no. There Shout out go. to us. Yeah, yeah the boys. Shout out to the boys. I even used my phone to message someone. That's a pretty good <laughs> yeah, I know. He did it on the day so, as well. Daniel, job, I want to throw a question to you about rugby and, and Chris, you too. Ads, not you, because you wouldn't know anything about it. But <laughs> I was listening to a great uh, English great in terms of cricket, Ian Bothy Botham, or Ian Beefy Botham today, right? And he loves his rugby. And he said, leading into the World Cup, all the top nations are coming out of form. So England, Ireland, he was saying France are doing all right. But he said, the All Blacks, are at the stage now where they were really struggling last year, but they've built up and up and up. And he reckons they are in prime form and in the top form over any nation. He reckons that it's going to be a walk in the park for them. Would you agree with that or not? I would, yeah. Mm, yeah. I just think Ireland are stereotypical I... when it comes to World Cup. In between World Cups, they pick up form. And then when it comes uh, to the no, World they Cup, they, oh, yeah, they usually drop. They usually drop off. Yeah, sorry, Six nations, they're always reasonably strong, but when it comes to the World Cup, Ireland do tend to drop off. And speaking of Ireland, um, Johnny Sexton was handed a free match ban the other week for abusing some some officials in his in his club. Cup final, whatever it was. Yeah. Um, so he's actually out for Ireland's warm-up fixtures for the yeah. World Cup. So that's, yeah. I mean, that's going to affect Ireland massively. Only for the warm-up, though. For the warm-ups, I know, but arguably that's the most important time. That's when you build, like your, you know, your structure and what you, how you're going to play. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think it's like New Zealand are, are, like, are like the Man City. They know how to do it. They know how to win it. Yeah, they're proven. They're proven. They're just the, the nations behind them. They're the All Blacks, and yeah, I think they go into it with with like momentum, with confidence, and they always do well. Although England, yeah, although England dumped them out of the last World Cup in the, an amazing semi final, but then lost to South Africa. South Africa, are another team. I know um, what's his name. Uh, what's his name? Ebenezer or is it Ezeben? <clears throat> Whatever his name, he's actually out, I think, with injury. So that's a big loss for South Africa. Um, but again, South Africa have got untapped pool of talent. So yeah. I think it'll be a good, it's going to be a good World Cup. You can never write off Argentina as well. Argentina, well, not, I'm not saying yeah. you can never write them off because they've never really won it, but they're, they're looking good. France are looking think, good. Like Argentina are not going to win it, right? But they're Japan? probably going to get far. Nah, like, Japan, or, Japan have dropped off now. Nah. What do you Japan, mean? Japan won't. They beat they beat <clears> South <throat> Africa in the last World Cup in the group stage. In, in the last World Cup, yeah, I think. Yeah, I think they'll. You'd but be reckon, surprised, mate. You'd be very surprised. Chris, I reckon you raise a valid point. I reckon it's across any sport. And Dan, without pumping my own tires and without making you feel sad, Chris, I called it with Arsenal last year. Not because I thought Arsenal weren't a good team, but I thought Man City will rise to the top. The cream always rises to the top, and I mm-hmm. think culture means more a winning culture means more than anything and that's why i think the all blacks will do well at the world cup too because i reckon 
they've just got a winning culture. They've just got an expectation that they win the World Cup. And anything less than a World Cup victory is a failure. Yeah. And I reckon they'll be burning from the failure of the last World Cup. And I just can't see them not I just can't see them losing it. And Dan, the way I saw them play on Saturday, <clears throat> mate. I know um, the Wallabies aren't much the competition. The thing but- is the Wallabies have dropped off form recently. Like they, they lost <clears throat> They lost to Argentina by, what was it, like three points or something. Yeah. They lost to South Africa, and then now they've lost to New Zealand. And we lost to Argentina early this year or late last year? No, too, it, was, we? it was about three weeks ago, three, four weeks ago. Yeah, and we lost to them um, as well a fair bit, didn't we? So the Wallabies have now conceded over 30 points in their last three straight defeats. That's massive. Like they yeah. need, they need to pull their socks up before before they come into the World Cup. And we've lost our captain now as well. He's done they, uh, an Achilles tendon. Yeah, yeah, I so, see that. Um, anytime yeah. you're in you're in trouble. So, um, yeah, we'll let you two talk more about the Rugby World Cup. But in my opinion, my unprofessional opinion, I think the All Blacks it's theirs to lose at this stage. Chris, who's your winner for the World Cup, mate? Um, France. France for the World Cup, yeah. As in, because it's their home home tournament or home tournament, and they're playing <clears throat> unreal at the minute. So. so you can you can actually see France beating the All Blacks. Yeah, I think they're the only team I feel like would would give them a run for the money. And, and by the way, like over the the last say four years since the last World Cup, um, New Zealand haven't done anything. Like the last game we watched, Australia New Zealand, they only just won it, and that was because Australia messed around with it and gave a penalty away mm. in the last five minutes. All right, they walked all over them this weekend, but they haven't been that impressive. So I just, I think they'll be up there because of who they are. But France, yeah. based on performance of late, are going to be uh, like a force to be reckoned with in this World Cup. They won the Six Nations. Like they've they've yeah. got one of the best players in the world playing for them. It'll be, oh, yeah, be, 100%. France have turned up. Goes back to what you were saying before, Josh, with like the team in form and... You know, like playing well as a group, momentum. But that's it. Where did England finish, Chris? I really doubt they'll be. Based on performances of late, again, I don't, I don't think they're going to be anywhere near the the knockout stages. Higher than Wallabies. Oh yeah, yeah we're much, but we've yeah, got you yeah. in the group, so yeah, you'll yeah. you'll be bottom of the group. We'll be up there at the top, I reckon. Are we in, is are we in England's group? I thought we had Georgia and yeah, you've got England, Georgia, Australia, and I think I can't remember who else is in that. I Hang thought on. it was Iran, was it? Hang on, I'll, I'll just Google it now. Hang on, bear, yeah, do, bear, do bear, with, bear with me. Yeah, so um, <clears throat> here you go. Here's the polls. Uh, so in pool A, you've got New Zealand, France, Italy, Uruguay, and Namibia. Let's just have a little first second. Who's going to win? Who's going to come second? I'll read it out again then. New Zealand, France, Italy, Uruguay, Namibia. New Zealand, France. Or France, yeah. New Zealand, yeah. Top two. You're going to go France, New Zealand, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll go New Zealand, France, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Paul B, South Africa, Ireland, Scotland, Tonga, and Romania. That's a good group. Um, that is a great South group. South Africa and Ireland. Yeah. I'm going to I'm gonna go Scotland and Shut South up, Africa. Shut yeah. up. You're, come on, Scotland. mate. You're, Scotland. Aren't you, you are Irish? Yeah, I am. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go you, Scotland. You go and South against Africa. every every sl- bit of heritage you've ever owned. You go have you, against. Have you have you been watching Scotland play recently, <clears throat> mate? Have you on fire? You know that um, um, Vander whatever his name is retired. Yeah, as well. One of it, Scotland's yeah. best players has just retired. And it's only one player. 
mate, Scotland didn't do anything in the Six Nations. They beat England. Yeah, they did. That was it. Let's look at their let's look at their their recent scores. Yeah. Well, last time they played Ireland, they lost seven to twenty two. They beat Italy. All right. Let, let, let's just look at their last six Scotland fixtures. Yeah. They beat Italy twenty five thirteen. Yeah, they beat Italy mean? again, 26-14. They lost to Ireland, 22-7. They, lo- they lost to France, 32-21. Then they beat Wales, 35-7. And they beat England, 29-23. <clears throat> yeah. that, they're not that bad, man. It's not like, Scotland very... have been shit. But, I'm, but I'm in just their predicting... group, they've got Ireland and South Africa. And you're <clears throat> putting right. them above Ireland. I'll put, okay, I'll I put ask... Scotland second. I'll put them second. Can South Africa, Scotland. Yeah, right. South Fair Africa... Enough. Given that I know it's saying about Ireland, but they are world, they are still the in terms of rankings, they're the number one team in the world. We can't dispute that. That's what the rankings say. Yeah. So, is there a chance? And there's always a chance, but I'm starting to think there's even a larger chance that South Africa could potentially drop out the group stage. How they can could. you? I'm looking at Scotland's form now, and I agree. Like Scotland are going to be up there, man. That I South Africa, Scotland. I'll, I'll say that. I'll go My only thing is the last two times they've Scotland's played either South Africa or Ireland, they've been hammered both times. That's the only thing both oh, of those teams have hammered. Time Scotland. for change. I don't think I think Southern Hemisphere teams are built differently, especially South Africa. So yeah. I, I don't I don't see them beating. Uh, I, f- I feel like they'll be in the final at least. So South Africa, Ireland, South Africa, Ireland. Yeah. All right, Paul C. This group's interesting. We've got Wales, Australia, Fiji, Georgia, and Portugal. Wales, Australia, Fiji, Georgia, and Portugal. So we're not in the same group as you. All right. No, that's, that's a hard group to predict. I would say Fiji. Yeah, Fiji top. Fiji, they're playing. They're, they've gone up the rankings lately as well. They've been playing really well. Um, uh, Fiji. Part of me wants to say Georgia for some unknown reason. Nah. Be probably Australia and Fiji. Not really. I'd say, I'd say Fiji and Wales. Fiji. Oh, sorry, Australia, Australia and Wales and Fiji miss out. Yeah, all right. What about you, Adam? Obviously <laughs> Australia, mate. <laughs> <laughs> like right, you, can't, oh, you can't go with the form. They've been, they've been hammered. They've drew with Georgia. They hammered Tonga, which means nothing. They lost to Samoa. They... And I haven't played any other teams of no. They've played no other teams of notoriety. You're about Fiji. Yeah, yeah. So they, I, I just, I'd love to see them because they're exciting. But I reckon, I reckon you're looking at Australia and Wales there. Wales have been they're shit. the two favourites. Wales have been terrible. Wales have been of shit. Yeah. I still reckon they'll get through. But anyway, it's last group. Yeah, go on, next one. Yeah, last group. England, in- England, Japan, Argentina, Samoa, Ooh. and Chile. Say that again, say that again. England, yeah. Japan, Argentina, yeah. Samoa, and Chile. I'll go first. England. I'll go... Shut up, J- Adam. I reckon Japan, Japan and Argentina. Japan? Japan? Japan. <laughs> we'll go Japan, will we, Chiefs? I was, I was in between saying both. Japan. 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 Argentina. Yes, dear. Uh, you reckon another, another fail, another choke? Uh, England, Argentina. England, Argentina, yeah. England, Argentina, yeah. No, the, the Japs get through. Japan yeah. doesn't get through. Japan. Oh. <laughs> my, my big call is that the Japs and the English and Argentina. The Pumas don't make it. The Pumas, no. Nah. 
Talking about uh, Japan, um, have you seen? Did you Japan. see? Yeah, Japan. Japan. <laughs> um, Fucking shut it! <laughs> You're getting it again out of this week. <laughs> oh. They've been they've been sinking a lot of money into the sport, but a lot of players that playing for Japan are like they're going back quite a few uh, generations to then get them to qualify <clears throat> for playing for J- Japan. So. <laughs> <laughs> Oh fuck! Which which actually brings us on to a question from Roland. So maybe yeah, yeah, this ties yeah. into his question. Should we? Go into yeah, it? go yeah. on and read his read his question out. Go on. Play the question. Shout out Roland. Rolando. Roland's question is well, well, bit of backstory. Roland is from the Philippines, and Christopher, you gave up. You gave us his background last time, mate. We don't need it again. Well, you never know with a name like Roland, so. Um, he just said, what are our thoughts on mixed race athletes playing for national team of their second country of citizenship? Are they taking away opportunities from homegrown talent? Do, well, I won't read out the next bit because he says, do you get what I mean? (laughs) Do you get what I I mean? Get what I mean, I want to start this off and then I'm not going to say anything on on the topic. For world sport. Thank him for the question, Josh. I think, yeah, th- thanks to your question, Roland. Sorry, Chris <laughs> can't use a phone properly to play the audio. My, my answer to that is England would be stuffed even more so in world sport because they cannot generate a single homegrown athlete. You cannot talk. Outside Australia cannot, cannot talk. talk. Outside of that, where I, I think that if you've got a heritage, if you've got a parent or a grandparent that was born in that country, I think it's fair game. But I also think that you've you got half of Samoa for... playing for Australia. I also think that you should pledge your allegiance to the country that gave you what you've got today. So, as an example, right? Then you have a kid. Let's say they would be eligible for both countries, given that they would have grown up and lived an so, Australian so... lifestyle. I would expect that they would represent Australia. My kid will not represent Malta. See, see, this this is something that I disagree with. I bet right? they would if I'd, Malta were any good, though. I'd, I'd, no, they would. No way. I I only agree with the country you should play for is is either of, of two things, right? You're either born in that country or you're a citizen of another you country. A yeah. citizen. It doesn't matter where your great granddad's auntie's goldfish's uncle is from. You shouldn't I, be allowed to. I you shouldn't disagree. be allowed to. You shouldn't be allowed to play for them. So, so right. So, so, so say if I have a child right, right now, yeah, my child could play for England, Australia, Croatia, Malta, or Ireland. Five Malta. countries that, that yeah, well, they Malta, can come yeah. to. Oh yeah, so Christy, yeah, yeah. I so you, go on, finish your point, but I completely disagree. So that's with that's five. That's five countries that that kid can then play for if it if it made it pro. Pull the country out right? of the hat, mate. That's, that's what time? that's what I mean. No, you were born in Australia. You're a citizen of no other. So you play for Australia. I'm like I know I'm saying that. I'm I'm pretty hard on that stand as well. I think you've hit the nail on the head there, Dan. So yeah. you're born in a country or you're a citizen. That's what I mean. So you can so, go. My great 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 granddad was Fijian because I want to play for Fiji. Yeah, no. we, yeah, we're all bloody English when you come back to it. Exactly. So you can all play so, for England anyway. The mm-hmm. whole world can play for England then. In that in that mm. case, so the reason I disagree with you is because I I'm a big believer in your heritage is what makes who you are and what your family is about. So 
my heritage is Scottish and English. Yeah, I was born in England, but my dad's side for thousands of years is Scottish. So Matilda's three 0 I just saw that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go on. You just interrupted my serious conversation. Um, go on, Karen. So your son or your son could play for England or uh, where's Christy from? <clears throat> Croatia, Malta, Australia. Disregarding the country you're born in, I be- I'm a big believer in your heritage is what, like I said, what makes who you are. So I could play for England or Scotland because I've got hundreds of or maybe even thousands of years of heritage on the English side and the same on the Scottish side. Mm. I don't believe in, because you're born in a country, that means you can instantly play from it. That is the thing. You can play for that country because you are born in that country. It doesn't make you Australian. Like I, I could be born here. Doesn't make me Australian. It just makes me a citizen of that country. Oh no, you're I'm, born in. If you're born in a country, born, you are look, that. Born, Chris, born on a on a bit of dirt doesn't mean anything. It's all about where your family's from. Chris, you've got you've got a history of both, yeah. All right, yeah. but let's say let's just say for sake, your both your parents were, let's say Syrian or or Iraq. Yeah, you were born in Syria. You were born in Iraq. Yeah, you've you you're you're Syrian to the bone. But you, your parents have moved out to Australia when you were one, two, for a better life, right? You've come to this country, and it is a great country. That's why we move out here. I love this country. It's, in my opinion, the best country for standard of living anywhere, yeah. right? And you I've, can safely go to school. You grow up, education, financial health. security, health care. When you grow up, I almost think it's disrespectful to then say i'm not going to represent the country that gave me everything like that bloke that's representing italy the soccer player who grew up in australia plays for afc roma now his parent he it, the australia put him through the academy everything and he goes nah stuff you want to go play for italy like you your allegiance should lie with the country that has given you what you are today so for example for you chris england has given you all the skills and all the life lessons and all the education you need to where you are now. So I think that's where your allegiance should lie. I Whichever would say is- that a lot of what I, a lot of what I've been taught has <clears throat> been from my parents and grandparents. Like I get to, I get taught your academics at school and I, I make friendships at school, but I, I don't get taught a lot. You get taught a bit at school, but you sort of make your own path in life. I, I feel like my yeah. parents are the ones that brought me up, and if my dad wanted me to play for scotland because i'm you know of, of scottish heritage i play for scotland i don't owe anything like, i owe the country i owe the country i'm I, I was born in the you know being safe and whatnot because if i was from like a country like you were talking about probably wasn't be, wouldn't be as safe but um I, I don't feel like i owe to play for that country just because i was born there i feel like if my because i'm fr- like because i was brought up there I feel like, yeah, I owe it. I don't. I don't feel like you owe a country anything, really. To be honest, I don't. Right. I don't feel like you owe a country anything. You're you're a, you're your own person. You'd be able to make your own decisions. And if you feel that your heritage means more to you than the dirt you were born on, then I feel like that's that's totally viable. And I think a big one is you've got Manu Tuolangi. Um, you've got all the Tuolangi brothers that play for Samoa, and he plays <clears> for England. Yeah. He was probably brought 
he was born. I don't know if he was born in 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 Samoa, but I think I personally think that's a bit of a cop out because your whole family plays for Samoa, and you've chosen to play for England for the clout, basically because it is a bit a country to play for, and you probably get be- better name rights and more sponsorship deals and this that, and the other. But I would rather represent the country that my ancestors came from rather than. Did they grow up in Samoa? Or did they grow up in England? So why do you wear England? Why do you wear an England top then, Chris? So that's what I, I want to ask. Because I was born in England and my mum's English, so I re- I would represent both. Me personally, I can I can represent so, both because I would. I'm saying Scotland because I would play for either one. But what I'm saying, what, back to Roland's question, what what is basically he's asking? Is it taken away from second uh, from citizens? when they're a second citizen. So, so they are talent, yeah. Yeah. So talent. they're not they're not even essentially born in the country is what I think he's referring to. So what he's saying he's he's got say Philippine uh, grandparents that have moved out of the country, had kids and then they've had kids and then that that player because he's a good player and he's brought up in a place like Australia who has he's been able to flourish in the sport and there's better facilities and whatnot. Philippines have gone in and said, oh, can you know, you should come play for us because, you know, we're not that good and we need good players. And what he's saying is because of that, they've actually qualified. I can't remember what it was for, um, but they've actually made the qualifications for the first time in 20 years. But what he's saying is, has that taken away from someone's dream who his whole ancestry has been in Philippines? It's definitely a great debate, isn't it? It's a big yeah, question. There needs to be a strong connection either way. Like, you can't, can't, like, I identify as an Australian first with a Maltese heritage, right? Adds, what do you, like, you're an Australian, obviously. What's your, what would be your heritage? Greek. But, Chris, low, when low, you, low like, I know what you're saying and the same, but if you're going to say I'm going to play for the Philippines, then you better bloody identify as a Filipino. If you are, if you're, if that You mean Scotland. Like, no, I'm just saying in general. Oh. This ex- yeah, yeah. Was- so relate it to Chris then. You said, so Chris, if you're saying, "Oh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm Scottish," then yeah. your allegiance must lay with Scotland. You can't then say three years later, "Oh, I can get a better contract with England. I'm going to go English." Marika Corabetti did that. Marika Corabetti is a Fijian-born rugby player who didn't move out to Australia until he was like 18 or 19. He now plays for the Wallabies. He started playing for the Wallabies when he couldn't even speak English properly. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but he wouldn't identify as Australian. I, I think when you're when you're that it, when you're that young though, you you sort of get told what to do, really, don't you? You don't really because I only really thought about my heritage. I don't know, like you know, when I started becoming a teenager, because you don't really think of it before yeah. that. What? How would you? So, if someone said to you, "What's your like? My main nationality is Australian with Maltese heritage. Would you say you are Scottish with English heritage or English with Scottish heritage? What would you identify as first? I would say that I'm English with Scottish heritage, even though I've got more Scottish yeah. in me than English. Yeah. Um, I've been brought up in England. My mum's English. My dad's Scottish. My grandparents are English. I've also got Scottish grandparents. It could be either way. I could identify either way. Just all depends on how I feel. I I feel more le- like allegiance to Scotland just because I feel like they're just more passionate and I just love the Scottish. Um, but yeah, I I for me personally, I could play for England or Scotland, but 
I don't think that me personally, I would be taking that away from a national that had been in Scotland for, for so long, because I believe that it's all based on your heritage. So yeah, if you strongly believe that you are Philippines and you, you, you value, Correct. if you value that, I think that, no, I don't think it does matter, but I feel like if you're just playing there because the country has said you're good, you're not good enough for Australia, but you're good enough for us. So come play mm. for us. I think that's wrong. And to be honest with you, that's why I have got, and you two are going to hate this. I've got zero respect for Alex Albert. Zero. Because he zero. Why? Because he identifies he as Thai. Under the, under, the, under the Thai flag, only due to the money that Thailand invested. He's English. He admits he's English. He still resides in England. He loves England. He is racing under the Thai flag because of cash. That is where I have an issue. That that's where I think it's wrong. If you're his mum's making, Thai, like his mum's full Thai. Would it would he be driving if if England had a if if England racing or whatever you want to call it, if he had have got a sponsorship externally and a Thai government were sponsoring him, do you think he'd be f- racing under the Thai flag? Mm, maybe no. Not, but economically he's he's a he's a god in thailand yeah so he's getting all this cash from the type from thailand tell you now he doesn't identify as thai i i don't know i think it's hard for us to debate when we don't know him and we don't know his yeah. views on it because his mum his whole family on his mum's side is thai so i feel like he he could be like same same situation as me where he goes actually thailand don't have a representative in formula one i could be the first and yeah, the money might be good, but I think in that instance, I think he might be doing Thailand a better because he, he's looking at Formula One in England. Go, they've got Lewis Hamilton, they've got George Russell, they've got Lando Norris. Oh yeah, I don't think that I will be as good as those, but I think I should give my mum's side of the family some some like exposure, representation, Re- representation. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's I, not. A bad I understand. Thing. Yeah. Where's his loyalty to England? Though? This is what does my head in. So Alex Albon, born in London. Yeah, he's, right. he's, he's grew a... up in grew up in Ipswich School in in Suffolk. Um, represented Britain early on in his career, but now races under the Thai flag. So basically, England, you've given me my lifestyle, you've given me healthcare, you've given me schooling, you've given me all this. But up yours, I'm going to go race under the Thai flag. I don't care what you've done for me as a kid. Forget that. I'm going to go race under the Thai flag. What's Thailand done for him? What has the what has did Thailand raise him? Thailand, I mean, you... if you look, Thailand has given him who he is. Life. Like, no, nah, well, no, nah, you, you, think, you could you say look, he's given him life at the end of the day. Life, yeah. He wouldn't be there if it wasn't for his Thai ancestors. So you he can't... wouldn't be there if it wasn't for his English ancestors. But yeah, yeah. Also true, but you yeah. get a choice. And this is what I'm saying that you've got, yeah. it's all about, because he's half English, half Thai. I'm half Scottish, half English. Dan, you're half Irish, half English, but you love Australia, whatever. Um, but <laughs> do love Australia. It's country get, I live in. That is the choice you are given. If you've got two parents from different countries, it's not about the dirt that you were born on. It was about where where your family. You, I know we're going off topic here, but it's actually really interesting, right? So let's say you you were let's say you're adopted, right? And you've got as a baby, and you'll grow up as this with these parents, okay? Yeah. All of a sudden, at the age of twenty, you find out that your real parents are person A and B. Would it be okay to then say to the parents that raised you, "You're not my parents anymore. I'll still speak to you, but they're my parents, so I'm going to go align myself with them." What his real parents? He'll go align with his real parents, even though they've done nothing for him. They're his parents. They've done nothing for him, but he's he's adopt the parents that have adopted him have done everything, or her. Mm. Like, 
you, you for me, I, I love Malta and I'm partially Maltese, but Australia has given me and made me who I am. Like this country has, I look Maltese, but this country has given me everything. Yeah, but- England has given Albon everything. Kevin Peterson says it all the time. He's South African, but England. Yeah, but Australia, given- Australia doesn't care for you, right? No, I'm just, I'm just saying it from. If you look at your grand, like, all right, your great grandparents probably never knew you. Like, will never know you existed. Obviously, they've passed way before you were born. Great, 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 great grandparents, but they went through whatever they went through, and they, you know, thousands of years of whatever they went through, war, famine. God knows what they went through, and they continued to like keep your bloodline going. And then you're sat there going. I owe everything to Australia. I think personally, that is a bit of a kick in the teeth for your for your family. I, I do, man, because I can walk out of this street knowing that I'm safe, right? I can go to the shops knowing that if I can't afford food, there's help. I know that if I'm injured, I can go to the hospital and my country, my government, my doctors, they're going to look after me. I know that if I'm struggling mentally, yeah. there's government agencies that will support me. I know that I don't have to worry about everyone walking around with guns because my government cared so much that they banned guns. I know that during COVID, we were in lockdown because our government cared about us and didn't want COVID to spread. Like, as an Australian, I am so patriotic. And I feel like I feel like we are so lucky because we are multicultural. And I just feel as if, personally, your allegiance should lie with the country that gave you the most. So York, England and Scotland are hand in hand, right? Your life wouldn't have been any different if you grew up in Scotland to England. They're the same. They're, they're both awesome countries, right? Yeah. So, but Alex Albon's case, England yeah. has given him everything. But you're, you're only saying that because this is a nice place to live. So what... But sorry. No, but what... what? Okay, so what if you, like, you're Maltese and, and say you're Maltese and Australian, but you were born in Syria... And you grew up in Syria, and they gave you whatever they could give you, which w- might have been like a, you know, a semi-decent education, and might not be safe. You're only saying that you owe it to Australia because this is a really nice place to live. So you're saying that if it was a different place, that what if it wasn't safe and it didn't have a hospital, you wouldn't give it to them. So I'll use a because you're not going to move from Australia to Syria, right? So I know what you're saying, yeah. but. As an example, if I was born in Australia and my parents moved me over to Canada at, at the age of two, right, and I grew up in Canada, the Canadian schooling system, the Canadian healthcare, Canadian government funding my schooling, blah, 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 mm. I would identify as a Canadian-Australian, Australian-born Canadian. I would represent Canada because they gave me... I see what my, you're saying, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, but Again, Canada's a, a nice place to live. Uh, you're not going to move from Australia to Syria. If you move from Egypt to Syria, and Syria, that's where you grew up, 100%, right? But what the reason why people come to these countries is because how lucky we are. Okay. Now, Chris, I'm not saying you'd go and play for Australia. You are English. English gave you everything. Yes, Australia is a great country for you to live. It's good income, but you're not an Aussie. You're, you're English, and you hopefully will become a citizen one day, but you would always go for England. Yeah, and you're but, an Aussie, mate. Uh, yeah, and, I'm an Australian and, citizen, but I'll always go for England, mate. So, yeah. You're an Aussie, mate. I was, I was England-born. Yeah, I've got Irish <laughs> heritage, but at the end of the day, I'm going to go for England. 
you're English Irish. Yeah, mm. you're an you're, you're English. English you're, yeah, with Irish heritage. Yeah, you've got to acknowledge your your, of your family heritage, though. Like, of, you, of course, this I is do, what I'm mate. And, that's, and this is why, right? And I wanted to say this to you for ages, right? And this is why I I have an Ireland rugby top because I'm just proud of my heritage. I have one. Yeah. So what? And you yeah. bag me out to fuck for wearing an Irish rugby top. <laughs> You did. you did, you did. You bagged me no, up too fuck. At first, I was like, "Are you even Irish?" <laughs> They're like, "Yeah, well, yeah, yeah." My granddad was Irish. Got a wallaby scarf too, just FYI. Yeah, but well, I think it was because your dad's English, your mum's English. Yeah. So you, you're you're saying you're saying I'm saying it from a perspective of my dad's Scottish, my mum's yeah, English. Born it. So I'm sorry, I'm just one generation later. But would you? Yeah. <clears> so <throat> no, no, it's not. No, I'm saying it's the same thing, but. Would you? You're saying you'd play for England. Would you even give Ireland a look in? I'd acknowledge them, but it would be England, England first. My, then, England then. first, and then I'd be like, "Well, yeah, I do have Irish heritage." But I think I think we've we've gone off the subject. The question is it is it a wrong thing for a country to engage with a person that say has had say three generations of um, you know them not being there just so that they can come play for their yes. country? And 100%. then, and then it's, and then a, a national that's been there, and you know their dream is to play for the company, uh, the, for the, um, for the team doesn't get looking. So that you think that's fine? No, I think it's, I think it's wrong if uh, a, a person is making a decision to represent a country for financial reasons. Okay, right. Yeah. You right. cannot tell me that that Samoan that's playing for England, if he didn't grow up in England, you cannot tell me that he is making a choice to play for England other than the fact that he is getting generating more income. Yeah. And that is wrong. That is because that is taking away from young immigrants, refugees, or just English yeah, nationals yeah. their backside. Yeah. And because they're not as athletically talented and physically strong, they don't get to play. Whereas this Samoan born Samoan heritage probably sings them Samoan national anthem, has a Samoan flag at home, is representing England purely based on cash. That is wrong. That is wrong. Yeah, I agree with that. So I think that, that was a great question. We've had a mad debate. I, th- I think we have to acknowledge that question. That was a banging question. Yeah. It was. <laughs> All right, let's, uh, let's wrap this All up, right, boys, then. so Josh can get a hide in. So... <laughs> All right, boys. All right, boys, have All a right, good man. one. See you, boys. See you next week. See you,